There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I am Tennessean sports columnist Gentry Estes, joined by Titans beat writer Ben Arthur. What's going on, everyone? We're on a short week this week. We've got the uh, the 49ers coming to Nissan Stadium on Thursday night. Ben and I just got back from Pittsburgh, uh, where the Titans let one get away, quite honestly. They had the Steelers right where they wanted them in the second half, then they proceeded to give the game away with four turnovers, losing 19-13 to in a game that, Ben, I'm afraid, felt to me like a turning point at the time that felt like a very important loss to me over the course of the season we could be proven wrong the titans are the kind of outfit that they'll go out on thursday night and play wonderfully and go win this game and make us you know and make the the shelf life of this podcast very short but it sure didn't feel that way in pittsburgh it felt like a big loss to me yeah it it didn't only feel like that they gave away that game right the steelers scored 16 straight to to end that one in in pittsburgh but it also kind of felt like this team is capable of giving away, you know, the Titans' hopes for for this season, especially the the offense. Just just how bad th- this offense is right now. They turn the ball over. That it's a recurring issue. Pass protection has been an issue all season. Ryan Tano has been sacked forty one times, which is second most in the league, uh, just behind Joe Burrow. They they can't protect him. He was sacked four times against Pittsburgh. The Titans, they, they can move the ball but between the 20s, but when they get in the red zone, they can't really do anything. They, they've never really had a red zone target all year. And then without Derek, I, I think they've kind of lacked that dominance that we've seen for years. Um, that They can't push the ball downfield because they can't really pass protect. When they do get the ball downfield, they're not really able to make things happen or they, don't, they really don't seem to have the talent uh, to – to kind of create explosive plays as well. Um, I, I think that's really the issue uh, to me is that right there is, and, and I, and I wrote this um, yet yesterday was the fact that, you know, look, I love Nick Westbrook. Akina. He's a good guy. Uh, he's a good story. Uh, as I, as I wrote, this was a guy his senior year at IU, he interviewed for a job as a salesperson at a, at a wine and spirits dealership. Uh, wow. the, fa- the, the fact that the fact that he has done what he has done in two years in the NFL really is a wonderful story. He's given everything he's got. And you think the world of a Nick Westbrook Akine, but Ben, he is not a number one receiver in the NFL for a team contending for a playoff spot. He's just not. And the fact that the Titans have had to ask him to be one is a problem. Uh, right now, this is an offense that, I mean, you, you said it in the red zone, talent wins out in the red zone. That's why they, they can't get anything done in the red zone and they can't get any explosive plays going. Uh, I think they're doing what they can. They did a pretty good job getting the run established in Pittsburgh, but what you're doing, they had a 19 play drive an 11 play drive and a 13 play drive that was, that ended up combined getting six points. Now, 43 plays and six points is that what happens when you're forcing your offense to do that, they have to be perfect. They can't have a single negative play. They can't have a sack and and goodness knows they've had plenty of sacks. They can't protect their quarterback, but, but you're also asking these, these players and let's be honest, in a lot of cases, practice squad level skill players at this point, 
to get out there and not have a key mistake, not fumble the way Racy McMath did, not have Anthony Ferkser get a third down, let a third down pass get away, you know, for a key turnover. I think that's what's happening. The, your your odds increase for a turnover when you have to when when you can't make it easy on yourself. You can't make these explosive plays, and I think you hit the nail on the head. They just don't have the talent to do it. Yeah, the the margin of error for this offense is just so r- ridiculously small because of that lack of talent, as you mentioned. Like I remember watching the, the game from the press box, and then there was that one play. I, I don't remember what quarter it was, but. Tannehill targeted Cody Hollister, you know, great guy, you know, great story. I know he's had a connection with with Tannehill dating back to um, when Tannehill was kind of a backup, but behind Mariota and uh, Hollister was on the practice squad. So I know that they've had a kind of a thing going, but it's like he's targeting Cody Hollister in double coverage 30, 40 yards down the field. And it, it was just... I don't know. It's just to me that that, I, that just kind of encapsulated kind of what this offense is is right now. It just not really having that talent to to really make things happen, and it, it puts a ton of pressure on the defense. And, and to the defense is quite like the defense has been playing lights out. It, it's this is an elite unit right now. The run defense they've only allowed forty three rushing yards the last two games. Uh, nine rushing yards uh, by, who was it, Jacksonville, uh, 35 uh, on on Sunday. I mean, they're making offenses one-dimensional, and and they're working with a lot of times maybe short fields just because the, the Titans, they'll, they'll, on offense, they'll give away the ball um, in, in plus territory and whatnot, and they're kind of under, under duress and, and to hold teams to field goals, keep giving it an offense, a, a talent deficient offense, repeated opportunities to kind of stay in games. Uh, but, but you know, they, they're just not able to overcome these issues uh, by, by the offense. So, so that's obviously a frustration. And, you know, you hate to play the, the health card um, just in terms of the injuries, but that, that has been the story of this season. And you look at the talent, uh, that's been hurt and, you know, Julio Jones, you get him back after a few games on IR and, and then to second game back has a setback ruled out of that Steelers game with the hamstring injury that's bothered him all year. Um, AJ, good news. AJ has been designated to, to return to practice. So you hope he can return, but on a short week, I don't know how realistic, I'd honestly be kind of shocked if the Titans threw him out there uh, for for the Niners um, game just because he's he hasn't played in a month. Um, so, and then Derek, right? The the kind of the franchise guy, the 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 guy who makes everything go for this team. I mean, when this Titans offense, this Titans team without their offensive star power is not a team. Um, to to really be scared of if you're an opponent. No, and I, I think when you uh, r- really what we're talking about here, I think getting AJ Brown back, yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, and and you can you know you can obviously blame injuries for this, but we're getting to a point in all this where 
I don't want to say it. No one wants to hear it. Everyone's just tired of hearing about injuries. It is what it is at this point. The defense, I think, has done a really nice job of navigating some some injuries that could have been real problems on that side of the ball, and they haven't been because certain players have stepped up here and there. Um, you know, Jack Rabbit Jenkins has been out for a few weeks. You know, they didn't have Christian Fulton for a while. There was a time earlier in the year where you would have felt like either one of those two missing serious time could have been a major problem. Guys like Greg Mabin come in and and – you know, carry the way a little bit. They didn't have a money hooker for a while. They, they've been able to survive, uh, especially now you talk about inside linebacker with David Long still out. I, um, you know, defensively, they've been able to manage. Offensively, they just haven't. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that I think it's easier the gap between first, second, and third string at, let's say, inside linebacker is not as big as it would be at wide receiver. Wide receivers, you need a difference maker to get out yeah. there and make plays. And AJ Brown is that, um, you know, and again, nothing against the rest of the guys in that unit, but without Julio Jones and Marcus Johnson, I, I don't believe there is another receiver in that unit that I would say is a difference maker in the way anywhere near what AJ Brown could do. Yeah. Any, and any depth that the Titans did have at the skill positions has been, is gone, right? Uh, you look at receive, you mentioned Marcus Johnson, uh, you know, Cam Batson is a guy they liked a lot. I don't know how how much he he would have been able to help them, but but he's another guy that the Titans really loved uh, to use. Darrington Evans out for the season. He was supposed to be, you know, if not the primary backup running back, uh, certainly the number three option. He's not available. And then you you look at I think in terms of offensive depth, you look at the fact that the draft picks haven't have contributed nothing on that side of the ball. Basic. I mean, Des Fitzpatrick, you know, fourth round receiver at, at one point, he was supposed to coming into the season, you, you're looking at their depth chart. It was probably AJ, then what, like Josh Reynolds, and then uh, Des Fitzpatrick. And Josh Reynolds is gone. That never worked. He was hurt when he was out there, didn't give them a whole lot. And Des Fitzpatrick, uh, barely even made the practice squad. And, and when he's been out there, he hasn't done a whole lot. And then offensive line, we, we've talked so much about how the pass protection has been an issue um, that they don't really have depth there. Um, Aaron Brewer is a, a solid backup, but then Dylan Radins, you know, se- second round offensive tackle hasn't given you anything. Um, well, you, you see where you're going now with this. Now we've gone from, my gosh, they're, it's such bad luck. You know, they're so cursed to, hey, they made some bad decisions. That, that's where we've progressed in the course of this conversation. Because, yeah, when you start mentioning the dra- draft where you you wait until the fourth round to get a receiver, number one. Um, and then when you do, you trade up to make a panic buy for Des Fitzpatrick. And, and at the time, I admit I liked that pick. I thought Des Fitzpatrick's a pretty good player. Didn't hadn't worked out. A lot of times it doesn't work out when you're getting a guy from the fourth round and later um, racing McMath will yet to see the year before Ben in 2020, the, the draft class, the NFL probably had an even better class of receivers in 2020. And the Titans never took a single one, you know, knowing that you had Corey Davis going into the last year of a five-year deal and all that. So I, I, I think this goes back a little ways that they've kind of undervalued the receiving position. And you could say, I can't say they've undervalued offensive line. They've just missed. Yeah. Um, you spend a first and a second round pick on an offensive lineman, you better hope that one of them can play. And I'm not so sure they can. Well, one of them's not even on the team anymore. And Isaiah Wilson and Dylan Radins, it's still early, but my gosh, it doesn't look good. And yeah, you don't have Roger Saffold 
against the Steelers, and your replacement makes several key mistakes, including there was also a moment, I guess it was second and goal on the four, uh, and Aaron Brewer had a false start penalty. Next play, they get a sack and have to kick a field goal, stuff like that. Um, that that matters in the course of a close game like that, and um, you know if we aren't seeing Dylan Radens yet, I don't think we're going to. Yeah. So you know, I, I think we'll shift gears, Gentry, over to the 49ers game. Actually, what, we Titans? should say one thing positive. Oh, we've been okay. really negative. Okay, and go ahead. Say go ahead. One thing positive. <laughs> I've been getting emails for the last few days about how negative I am and how much I hate the Titans and all this stuff. So I've I'll say those uh, emails too. It's amazing so. how they happen when they lose. It's yeah. you know that that's funny how it works that way. But um, Zach Cunningham was good. Zach Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I was going <laughs> to mention that when you're talking about the the inside linebackers, man. He. Zach wow. Cunningham could play. Yeah, I, wow. I knew it. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago sitting at Nissan Stadium next to Jim Wyatt, who works with the Titans, and at one point in the game, just remarking, Zach Cunningham's a good player. And Jim Wyatt goes, yeah, yeah, he is. And a few weeks later, he's on the Titans, and I'm sitting there in a stadium next to Jim Wyatt and going, yep, Zach Cunningham's still a good football player. And Jim Wyatt goes, yep, yeah, he is. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he is. He was. He was around the ball all day. He's exactly what I thought they were getting. He is going to be a great addition to that defense. Yeah, a- absolutely. I think only had like two practices in, and and he played like seventy percent of the snaps. I mean, that just you know not only how good he is, but just how comfortable that the Titans were just throwing him out there. His, his grasping of of what they do and the familiarity helps, right? Like he knows how Vrabel runs things. Vrabel was his DC um, in, in Houston, but man. That there was one play where he like blew up like a puller or a back or, or someone and just got in the, the backfield. I think we had actually, in the moment, Gentry, you had kind of mentioned how Cunningham was all over the ball there. Um, yeah, he's, he's a just a, hell of just a, a ball player. player. Just a ball yeah, player. Yeah, just, just a ball yeah. player. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, to, to kind of shift focus, we're, we're going to shift focus to the 49ers game. Uh, you know, short week for the Titans. But before we do, um, let me tell you guys about the new sports app we've launched as part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts the fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings and more by downloading USA Today Sports Plus from the App Store today. USA Today Sports Plus dot fan harder. Gentry. Do you think the Titans can win this game if AJ doesn't play? Mm, yeah, I mean, I think they can win this game, but I, I, I like the, this is the thing. It, it's when you hear them talk about what all's happened, they're pinning it on turnovers. They're saying, you know, we're still playing well. We're still doing what we want to do. And there's probably something to that. But I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's just they can't get explosive plays and they can't make it easy on themselves. I, I think. Um, if you look at their worst performances of this season, they've, for the most part, lost games and had issues when A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both were not on the field. That has been kind of a recurring thing most of the year. And, you know, obviously you, you're a lot better with Derrick Henry, too. But I think that Jets game was an example of not having the two of them on the field together. Not, not when, you, when, when that happens, it allows defenses to get a lot more aggressive because – they can they can get a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. They know that these receivers aren't going to get separation, and they know they're not going to beat them down the field. So I think it isn't it isn't necessarily 
AJ's production, it's the threat of what he can do. Yeah. And I think having Julio the last couple of weeks, he really wasn't that productive, but he at least scared the defense. They had to to be aware of Julio Jones and what he could do. I'd like to see maybe a Chester Rogers get a little more involved for that reason. Uh, because I do think he's a guy that has some ability to be to 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 do some damage down the field. Uh, he had a really nice return in that Steelers game. Kind of got overlooked later, but th- their only touchdown was set up by that. And I think he's a guy that if you get the ball in his hands a little more, he's he's got he's got a little he, he's he's got a little ability in what he can do in the open field. And I, I would like to see that. But but to answer your question, I mean, I think they can win, but. The odds go down quite a bit without AJ. I, I'm not going to say the Titans can't do it. I, too many times I've seen them with their backs against the wall and pushed into the corner exactly the way they are right now, and they come out and play phenomenally and get a big win at home. So I'm not saying it can't happen. I think it's tough for the 49ers to make this kind of trip on a short week. You don't want to have to go across the country anyway, but to do that on a Thursday night is really tough. I know when the schedule came out, I remember saying, man, that I know San Francisco is a pretty good team, but that's that's rough. And so... You know, I, I I also think from the standpoint of strength against strength a little bit, this is a, is not a terrible matchup for the Titans, but they're going to have to protect Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and and I think just on on the offensive side for for the Titans, I mean, let's maybe let let's see Golden Tate, right? Like, what what's what's the worst thing that could happen at receiver? Yeah, right? I, have, I have no like, idea on that. No idea yeah, why we haven't seen yeah, Golden Tate. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been on the team what. A month now, I want to say three games plus the bye week. AJ may not play. Julio, you know, M- Mike Vrabel, you know, we're we're speaking Tuesday. He he didn't close the door on Julio playing, but like you know, at, at this point, you have to be extremely cautious with him. I mean, what what's the worst thing that can happen? I know Golden Tate hasn't played this year, but we know what he has been. Um, and you know, f- f- phenomenal receiver you know, great in yards after the catch situation, those explosive type situations we've talked about that the Titans are lacking in. He's been exactly that in, in his career. So I, I don't know, give, give, give that a shot. Um, it, but, I but I don't know why you don't. I mean, seriously, this is an offense that needed Cody Hollister on the field. 70% of the snaps on Sunday. I get it. Golden Tate's 33. He's he's you need to be in shape. You need to know the offense. He's been there a month now. You're telling me a guy who has more than a thousand receiving yards the last two years isn't gonna be an upgrade on an offense that is playing the guys they're playing. And, and again, I, I'm not knocking those guys. They're trying their hardest. But you need a guy who knows how to make plays in the NFL. And Golden Tate's made plays in the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd I'd like to see him out there. Um yeah, at this point, right. I mean, you, you, if you use the, like, is he not really in shape argument? I mean, he's been there a month. So, and then knowing the offense, he's had a month. So I don't, I don't really know what, what the holdup is. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with all that, but I'd like to see him. But, but honestly, if, if, you know, if AJ doesn't play, I mean, this is going to be another game. Like, I don't see really how this is going to change. Um, and especially with, what I feel like Julio probably isn't going to play like with a short week, I'd say you kind of give him that extra, you know, 10, 10 days, you know, between the, the next game, you know, January 2nd against the Dolphins, give him that time to, to get right. Um, I, this is going to, I think it's going to come down to the defense and good thing 
they know how to stop the run because this 49ers run attack, you know, I saw it for three years covering the Seahawks. I mean, they do a lot of funky stuff with the, with the perimeter stuff and the perimeter runs and, and Debo Samuel, who's a thousand yard receiver, but they love using him on like end arounds and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think this is going to be another game where, where the Titans defense is going to kind of have to carry the load and, and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens from there. I, um, you know, I haven't said it much this year because, because I think NFL is usually about the players and not the coaches, but, uh, you go into a matchup like this, 49ers have a very good coach. I, I, I like what he does offensively. I've always liked what he does offensively. You mentioned a guy like Debo Samuel. I, he was talented. He was a talented player in college. Yeah. But he was not at the level that you would have expect the kind of production he's having right now. And I think that's because of the system he's in. I think there's a lot of players that would be doing that in San Francisco right now if they were in that same spot. Um, and I think the Titans just played another very good coach last week. I, I think Mike Tomlin is willing that team to to start getting results. When if you really watch the Steelers, they were terrible. I mean, they really were. Like they, that offense was awful. And and this is the time of year when you you see this where you know the coaching and not not just the talent on the roster but the coaching starts to win out a little bit and I think this is a really good matchup on Thursday night it's an it's an adverse situation no players like these Thursday night games it's it's especially tough for a, a team like San Francisco having to fly that far to play it, it it's a real advantage for the Titans this games in Nashville and and I think. You know, but the Titans are coming off a very physical, tough game on Sunday in Pittsburgh. So I, I think this is this is a good test. It's a good test for for the coaching staffs uh, to get these teams ready to get prepared on a short week and um, against. I I would say two staffs and two head coaches that are both two of the better ones in the league. I think it'd be an interesting matchup. For sure. All right, I guess well, that'll do it for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Ben Arthur, I am Gentry Estes. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week, and, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. Um, but we'll check in with you guys for Week 17 ahead of the Dolphins game. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean, 